Friendly neighborhood Negroes, yeah. Woo! What's up, what's up, what's up? Hey! I, I hate some of the, I hate this already. <laughs> what's up, everybody? Hi, everyone. Happy St. Patrick's Day, even though when you listen to this, it's not St. Patrick's Day, but it's St. Patrick's Day today. And it's St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. We really don't, really don't, it's not a major holiday. holiday. Sorry. We had to throw that to reference, throw that in, reference there. in there. I literally <laughs> wore green all day at school. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the principal, I told my kids yesterday, I told them, if you don't wear green tomorrow, I'm going to pinch you. Like, it's a joke. And our principal, our assistant principal came up, and one of my students was like, Miss Callahan's not wearing green. I'm going to pinch you. <laughs> she was like, no, we don't pinch at school. <laughs> now you getting caught. Hello? So she was, Hello. like, talking to them. And basically, I had to be like, um, yeah, I told them I would pinch them, you know, because I thought it would be funny, but I wasn't actually going to pinch them. <laughs> Anyways, that's my story. For and the what day. have we Hello. learned from that, Cheyenne? Um, that I need to teach my kids not how to, <laughs> not to be <laughs> such big mouths. <laughs> well, y'all, what are we talking, talking about today? We're well, not gonna hello. even welcome the people in. Hello, yes. we said hello. No, welcome. We said our greetings. Welcome to the neighborhood, y'all. We're back for another episode. They um, done all signed the lease. We gotta I say mean, hi every time we drive by. This is, yes. this is their home too. They should know they're welcome. That's what a good landlord does. A good okay. person will introduce. No, the no, 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 no. I mean, we. No, no, no. I mean, they. But they, they're I'm already from New York. York. They live here. So so y'all may be from New York and might not be used to it, but you got to welcome the people in, okay? That's why no one opens their door for a native New Yorker. Because y'all are so... Exactly. And that's the thing. If y'all in the hood, y'all should be native. Y'all not hood natives. Embarrassing. No, you know what's embarrassing? I don't think everyone is a hood native, Julia. Some of these people ain't from the hood. Some of these people wouldn't survive in the hood. Let's be real. Let's be real. Did they lie? Did they lie? <laughs> but welcome Anyways, back, y'all. everyone. We are all back again. The whole squad is here today. We have the whole family together today. And they acted up already. So pray for our souls. But we got to get some quick intros once again. My name is Lou, a.k.a. Living Poetry, a.k.a. somehow the parent of this chaotic group. And, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to pass it on to the right. Go ahead, Shy. Who's to the right? Shy, I just said... Do you listen to... Are you listening to the words? We all got a different right. That's why I finished with the words, go ahead, Shy. Um, Open your ears, ears, beloved. Hey, everyone. It's your girl, Shy, a.k.a. Shy Sheezy, as the group likes to call me, or Shy Glizzy, but only if we're friends. 
Um, <laughs> um, welcome back. And then I shall be passing it. I'm going to throw it to Kels. Hey, I love that with no, your intro. Can we get, can we get in the frame, please, home. beloved? You, you said they ain't gotta see me. Okay. But actually, All I was do. gonna say was that. Oh. Yeah. Hey. I finally decided I was gonna come home today, y'all. You know, last time I was in the street. But, but I'm here now. Because I wasn't here last time. Oh, you were in. Oh, it's another neighborhood reference. That went. It was the whisper. It was the whisper. Go, Joya. Go, Joya. Go. 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 I'm sick. Go. Hey. Um. Shut up. <laughs> um. <laughs> Hey, I'm Joya, um, aka J Money. Um, yeah, Hunter, it's all you. Why well, ain't got no second nickname? What else do y'all call me? Jazzy. I'm talking about me. You do. Oh, I'm just Jazzy. Kel. Oh, Kel. You got Kel's DJ shaking, shaking bait. bait. You got a list. But we not DJing in here. First you of all, you saying that, and I really have one. Uh, Poly D be walking around not DJing during the day, but they still call him DJ Poly D. <laughs> Keep it. That was your example. This is my favorite intro we've ever had. DJ Poly what D. Was, what was the other thing that you were gonna say, Hunter? I said one? I don't have one. Oh. I have the one. We can okay, make you one anyway. We nar. can make you two names right now. Nar. Bit Kel. Bit Lotto. Nar. No. Oh, I'm I'm um what's it called now? You the K-pop connoisseur. Law Roach. You are Law Roach. Yeah. You are a fashion designer. We got to talk about this catch, now if you're going to bring catch that me, up. Catch me no no. Catch yes. me at the Met Gala. My name is Hunter. Don't call me Hunts cuz I don't know y'all yet. We just became y'all neighbors. just moved in. Hunt Hunter. Y'all gentrify the neighborhood. That's crazy. Made the rip prices go up. Ain't that not, that's not crazy? We getting a little deep. <laughs> we just, anyway. I, I love community. Do you? Do you? Yeah, that's a really good show. I love it too. Uh, <laughs> Joy, you have to My poem is mad white. Mad white. Sorry. Sorry. Um, oh, I just, I just wanted to make a statement. Y'all, I dyed my hair today, um, and you know what color my hair usually is. You know that nice, like blondish, like that honey blonde. So I use the same color that I use every time I dye my hair. Why my hair came out red? It's fine. I will be suing the company. You look, it look good though. Okay. But it's red. It was, it was meant to be. In your velvet rope. I will be suing the company. If it's meant to be, it'll be. Anything but Dan and Shay. Um, I think that's DB Rexa in Florida Georgia Line, beloved. So, <laughs> so, so before we get even more off topic, I want to just make sure we take a moment to actually recognize an important date. Uh, we are recording, of course, on St. Patrick's Day, but 
We have to recognize that on the 17th of this month, it was one year since the Atlanta spa shootings. So rest in peace to those souls that got gunned down in an act of hatred against our Asian brethren for no reason. And so we just wanted to take a moment and recognize them and say, do your part. Don't be out here being disgusting in these streets. That part. Thank you. Um, thank you, Luke, for that. Um, there are lots of ways for everybody to help out the Asian community, support them. Um, they did, I believe they got that bill passed, correct? Mm-hmm. So, you know, congrats to them on that. Um, but don't stop doing your part just because legis- legislation went through. Yeah, because um, yeah. yeah. women, women are have been killed been recently killed. in the last month. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. so. All right. Um, so our topic today, folks, is um, we're talking all about careers. We're talking about jobs. We're talking about just this part of adulthood that everyone could use a little bit more help and support in, especially because we're all in that point in our lives whether it be like transitionary or like just starting out so we're gonna talk about that today um put our fun little spin on it um just think of it like your community's annual job fair but more fun and but we don't have any jobs to offer you so and and also like like, planning your future while being black like how that differs from some of our listeners who might not understand that experience. That was such a poetic way to put that. <laughs> I do be right. don't understand the experience. I put my pen to the paper. Okay, I think it's only fitting for us to start with this very, very... Are y'all good? I'm sorry. It was just joy is loud. It was just joy moving around. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was trying to slide my computer back because it was like on the edge. And then my microphone fell. And I was like, you go ahead and mute okay. myself now. All right. Cheyenne, continue. Um, so I think it's only fitting for us to start off this with this very question that we all get a lot, I'm sure, is what did you want to be when you grow up? Because let's be real. Yeah, but honestly, we're not done growing. So, like, if you still want to be something, let it be hurt. What did I want to be? You know what I actually wanted to be? Now that I think about it. And it was something I was actually serious about. I want to be a lawyer. Don't know why. Like, I really don't have any place that it came from. Like, I was just, I found it interesting. Um, I think this was more like, not like when I was like little, little. I don't know what I wanted to be when I was little, little. Um, probably like an astronaut. That's what everybody says, right? Um, I think more middle school, like, I feel like we talked about that a lot in history, like laws. I feel like that's when I really started to learn about the law. And something about it fascinated me. Like, I didn't realize there were so many facets to 
like the foundation of our country, whatever. And like all of the things that have happened to black people specifically, I was like, that's not bullshit. And all the stuff that hasn't happened for us um, because of the law. And I don't think, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I wanted to do it for any, like, like I wasn't trying to be like a martyr. Like I'm going to get justice for us or anything. I just found it interesting. Like, like I, no, I'm serious. Cause you know, some people like that, when they think about careers that they want to do, they're like, I want to make a difference. I feel like I didn't start thinking about that until I was way older. But when I was younger, I was very focused on, I just want to do this because that's what I want to do. But as I got older and I became a teenager, realism started to hit me. I was like, I do not want to be in school that long. (laughs) That was really what I was like. I was like, I don't want to be in school that long to be doing all that. I always still found law fascinating. Um, but one of my favorite books, um, well, it's more of a play is about, or it's like a reenactment of an actual court case that happened. And I don't know why I like it. It's literally just a bunch of white people arguing about whether Darwin should be allowed in schools and stuff. But I found it interesting. And I was like, um, as someone who likes science and all that stuff. Not um, Hamilton. All right. (laughs) Um, But obviously, I've always been musically inclined. I've always loved music and singing. So I think once I got into high school, that's when I started really thinking about that. And I was in like a music production club. And that's when I actually was like, okay, I kind of like the behind the scenes of music as well, not just being in the forefront. So I think... As time went on, it was kind of a battle of, is that something I want to do? Then when I actually was like, oh, I got to apply to college, I was like getting interested in psychology. I feel like we all do that. What is up with, can we analyze that? What is up with people getting into college and then we start developing this infatuation with psychology? Like not all of us can be psychology majors. We can't all, like, come on. Can I just jump in on that that? and just say we literally have the same like lawyer to musician to psychology major pipeline because I went into high school with the mindset, okay, law. I was in a pre-law program. Then I was like, ah, music. Got here, realized I didn't want to do music at this school. And I go, okay, psychology major. Now I'm a psych major. Yeah. Joy am. We were meant to be friends. No, we literally, we literally are meant to be friends. We were meant to be friends. So yeah, that was kind of my thing. Um, all the courses I had to take drove me into a mental breakdown for when it came to being a psychology major. And I remember specifically my mom always asking me, "Why didn't you just major in music? Why didn't you just major in music? That's what you want to do, and it actually like fuels you and interest. Like why?" And I and I was so rebellious at that time. I was like, "Oh, like stop telling me what to do." Type thing. And I was like, "I'm gonna do psychology." Didn't I drop out of college? Maybe I shouldn't listen. Who knows? Maybe I was too stubborn. So now, as an adult, it's kind of just it's interesting because you enter this phase of adulthood where you're just 
working and working and you're just trying to trying to find it you know you may pursue what you want to do in some ways but like finding that fit is really hard and i think this is our most um what's it called experimental phase of our life where nothing is permanent it doesn't have to be permanent because we have so such a long way to go hopefully so yeah that's me all right lou would you like to add anything what would what did you want to be when you grow up or what do you still have hopes of achieving as you continue to grow as the person you are um, that's an interesting question because I was in the boat when I was younger of growing up, especially like at a young age, I had a lot of family who was in the medical field already. So I was kind of surrounded with that interest of helping people in some way, shape and form. But then I always had an interest in the arts, especially in performance and all that creative aspects of it. So I kind of went through process though of I'm going to be some sort of doctor or someone in the uh, medical physician position more so because there wasn't a lot of like conversation in regards to how to take a performing kind of a uh, role within when you're growing up and being an actor or anyone in theater any anyway it was kind of like oh those are for like rich people or white people and stuff like that to be quite frank because they always tell you oh you have to get in there early if you want to get any experience have all this training you have to like start getting your face out there and everything and connecting with people making connections and discussing that kind of stuff in order to get the repertoire that you need to get the uh, representation that you want with agents and stuff like that. And so I was going through that through like elementary and middle school. Um, That's an interesting high... take. Hmm. I think part of it is also because like I wasn't in any like big theater areas or performance areas like you would have right. with LA or you would have with New York that and also like things are shifting now too where you have a lot more people discussing like regional theater discussing like other areas of theater and performance that way so but it wasn't I just until found high that interesting school. oh sorry mm. no go ahead <laughs> i was just gonna say i i just found that interesting because i feel like when you mentioned the doctor versus art thing i thought you were gonna mention how a lot of people don't like it's more of like this is a practical job and this is not practical but i didn't think about like just the the amount of steps to get into an art career whereas stuff like doctor and lawyer there's a very clear path like you got to take these classes you got to take these courses and you got to get this degree and you got to get this certification and i you know that's true i was like dang you're right (laughs) wow wow that has me thinking though i will i really do want to say yeah while um Liz figuring that out that is a very interesting perspective because like you said, like everyone always points to practical versus non-practical, but like jobs like that in the arts and industry jobs are like so much about connections. So in, in money, like Lou mentioned, like, right. 
like, like there's a lot of people, lot of people and this is and sad, sad to say, say but that's how our country is that go into debt getting a law degree getting a medical license but they do that so they can have a career that earns them the money to pay that back and afford this and that meanwhile really with arts if you start off with money it can take you farther than someone who doesn't and there and it's so it's such a it's such a big but small world not everyone can make it whereas a doctor nurse you you can find a job like you would always be able to find a job yeah um but if you want to finish what you were saying Liv. if my headphones work hello can y'all hear me now great now okay i was just saying middle school didn't have it was really funny because growing up, I actually went to a gifted and talented program where I got more experience, at least for my elementary years with performance because we did an opera from scratch. Don't ask me, it was literally kids doing that off the top of their heads. And like, I got more into the performance field, which was great, but then afterwards, didn't see it again until like high school. And it was in high school that I got reintroduced into like the drama club and performance and dance. And I was like, oh, maybe I can do this. And in college, it was actually an old friend of mine who kind of pushed me on the path of being a performer because I was in, it was my third or fourth day during the school year in ninth grade. And I was sitting in the dining hall kind of trying to figure out what the hell I wanted to do. And I had a pre-med folder and I had like a performance folder and I was looking through the major and everything. And I had just met this person. They're like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like trying to figure out what major I might be looking into. And they're like, oh, can I see those? And I was like, sure. And they looked through both of like the folders, picked up the pre-med folder and threw it out the window. And was like, yeah, you're not doing that. And I was like, who the hell is you? You don't know my life and stuff like that. But I'm very thankful they did that because it helped push me onto the performance track. And even though it's been difficult as hell, shout out to freelancing. And we'll talk about a bit, that a bit more later. But it was, I've been working in theater ever since and it's been very stressful, but it's been very rewarding as well. So. Um, Kels or Joya, whoever wants to hop in here first, um, you are our resident college goers currently. So what would you like to add? What do you, what did you want to be when you grew up? And is it kind of mirroring your like college trajectory? Is it mirroring what you wanted to be or... I'm going to take everybody on a wild ride. Essentially, like I said before, okay, okay, the faces, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Essentially, um, when I went to high school, I went to high school in like a pre-law program, essentially. So um, that's like, that was my mindset. I was like, okay, I'll go to law school after high school. Everything will be fine and dandy. That's great. No. I changed my mind because halfway through high school, I'm like, "Mm, maybe I should be a musician. And yeah, maybe I should because I'm like really talented. Not to gas myself up, but like, 
maybe I should. And then I get to college and I come to the specific school for the music program that they have. And something tells me, don't audition. So I didn't. But all throughout college, I'm currently a junior in college. All throughout college, I have had this nagging feeling like maybe you should have auditioned. Maybe you should have auditioned. And this this year alone, my junior year, I have set up three different auditions and not gone to any of them. Because now there's something telling me, don't do it don't do it. And if I'm being honest, I'm I'm not going to do it. I have a plan for myself essentially and the end goal is to end up being a musician. But this psychology degree is just getting me by just in case just in case something bad happens. You know, it's always good to have a plan B, and this psychology degree is my plan B. I mean, I'm more than halfway done with my major. Like, I I might as well just take, like, the last two classes I need and then skate through my senior year. So that's what I'm going to do, Um, and that's really all I have to say because the future, I don't think about it much because then I'll stress myself out. But yeah. Joya, that's not... A bad, a bad plan at all. Plan at all. I, mean, I mean, I've seen it I've lots seen of times. A lot of look up a lot of singers or just musicians in general, and they got degrees in the wildest stuff. And it's good to have a backup plan. One, two. You never know how you might feel ten years, twenty years, thirty years from now. And you can do. There's a multitude of things you can do with the psychology degree. So, because yeah. I was always I was told also, also, oh, you can always do like music therapy too with your psychology degree. And I'm like, that's true. I can do that. That's what I was going to do. I can definitely do that. Also, Joya, mm-hmm. you can get a good paying job to fund your music career. Exactly. Yeah. Which is why I'm not knocking the psych degree right now. I'm taking yeah. it. There's absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with a plan B. Um, there's also nothing wrong with one thing trying to get you to the main thing. Um, exactly. There's exactly. also there's nothing also wrong nothing with not knowing exactly what you want to do. Because for a long time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. When I tell you I was an, an indecisive piece of shit, but it's okay because you're not a piece of shit. You're just indecisive. Yeah. Let's talk about that, too. I feel like not even just the pressure on people in high school to know what they're know everything and have a plan like I feel like that was always a thing like you can't just you can't just do things last minute you got to think it all out and you got to know and da, 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 da. knowing damn well all these adults didn't know like you're telling me you my English teacher wanted to always be my English teacher no you did not do not lie to me and then being black oh my god should we discuss that? Our family's influence <laughs> on what we think what we, we want to do. do. Are you ready for that convo? I think we may want to wait till Sherry chimes in. Yeah. Because that's going to be... That's like I feel like that's going to go a long path. But one thing I want to add on to what Joya was saying and also what Hunter was saying. You don't have to know what you're going to do when you go to college because you are not the only one going in there not knowing what you want to do when you get into college. That's part of the college experience. Does everyone need to take that experience, though? No! So don't feel pressured 
that you have to go to college in the first place. And if your parents want to fight me, that's fine. We can have the discussion. But college is not the only way for you to learn what you want to do with your life as well. It is a option, but it's not the only option. And and student debt is not it. It's not it. It's not cute. It's not it. I went to school for a year. A year. Crazy debt, bro. My credit score looked crazy. Anyway. All right, Kyle's. What did you want to be when you grow up? Tell us. Tell us now. Hey, I know. Um, <laughs> I. It always like I honestly didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, and like even now, it's still kind of like. Like I love something for like a month and I'm like, oh well, that's 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 hilarious. I wouldn't do that. That's crazy. Um but I'm sorry, Hafio. It's over here is making intense eye contact me. Please tell Theo to stop. Please, please Theo. Ask Theo what he wanted to be when he grew up. No. I'm good. But um yeah, I just, I knew for a long time, like, growing up, I was always with my grandma, so I, like, we would watch the news and stuff, and I was, like, we would watch Good Morning America, and I wanted to be, like, Robin Roberts when I was really little, and Javita Moore, who was, like, a local news reporter, got rest her soul, she just passed, but she was a local news reporter out here in Atlanta, so... Yeah, I always wanted to be like them because I was like, her, you tell me need a tea and you in front of this camera looking good. Like, I know that's right. Um, but then as I grew up, I was like, hmm. And in middle school, I had this really, like, thick phase where I wanted to be a, a, a music producer. And then, like, Theo, please go upstairs. Why are you in the dark? Go upstairs. No. No. So. <laughs> um. Yeah. Per. And I'm a full-time mother, guys. So, as you can see. I'm just kidding. Um. But, yeah. And I wanted to be, like, a music producer. That was, like, I'm still kind of. We're going to get to the next door. But now I'm in college and like also like I grew up doing dance. So I like always did dance. Always was like in my art school like realm. And I feel like now like I'm at a point where it's like I'm just kind of doing everything that I've always done. But like now I'm going to figure out a way to make some coins off of it. Um, So like now I'm in this like little... uh production era <laughs> uh like not just even like set design but like even just like producer type across all mediums kind of vibe um but yeah I think like I don't remember who said it but college definitely isn't for everyone I think 
at first before coming to college, like I didn't want to go as far like I wanted to go, but like I wasn't a hundred percent wanting, if that makes sense. But like now that I'm there, it's just like, you know, you have to make the experience for what you want. Like you just can't be up like you can go in saying you're gonna major this and then by the time you graduate, you are not doing what you said you were gonna do from the beginning. And like even now, like I'm debating like adding to my major to like what I have because right now I'm majoring in journalism, but I think I want to add like theater into it because I mean, hey, if I'm paying all this money to be there, I might as well have fun while I'm there, and I might as well get something out of it that I would like to do, and like I'm actually applying myself versus just cruising, wasting time, folks' money and resources that other people could who would rather be in that position could get more bang for their buck if that makes sense. Joy, go ahead. I just want to go off of what you said, like, you might as well have fun while you're there. Like I said, I didn't end up majoring in music, but I'm in an acapella group right now. Um, There are things that you can do that relate to your interests, like, um, outside of what your major is. It may not be something you like enough to major in, or maybe it is, but that's just not the path for you. There's always a club. You can even start your own club. I know uh, I have a ton of friends who started their own clubs, dance teams, stuff like that. You can literally, there's always a place for you. And if there isn't a place for you, create one because I guarantee you there's people like you who wish there was a space for them as well. So yeah, like I'm in an acapella group now and honestly, it fulfills my musical desires right now. And I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. I'm at peace with that. That's that's how it should be. And I feel like that's not emphasized enough when you think about what you want to do is like building a sense of community that makes you want to, you know, continue and pursue said interest because I feel like that's probably a lot of the reason why I struggled when I was in school because fun fact I always wanted to go to college like I know this probably sounds weird but like maybe it wasn't necessarily college but I always had this like fantasy of just like going away from home and having like a school experience and just having my own like life and like all these experiences and I thought I was gonna do that and I didn't I was a recluse (laughs) and I think that's because I was majoring in something that I wasn't necessarily all that familiar with. And I feel like with psychology, there's not a lot of ways to like build a community within that. Like what, what club we going to make with psychology? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I felt like that's how it was. A lot of the club. (laughs) Right. Like, (laughs) like I feel like a lot of the courses I took, everyone's kind of just in their own little bubble just trying to get the credits and move about their Mm -hmm. business whereas there's a lot of majors or not even just majors but there's a lot of topics that you can just explore and you know fun fact I went to Howard and I just felt like they didn't really help us out that much with that I kind of feel like they were just like y'all on your own I feel like Howard just like this is a uh this is for black people and we got y'all here you do the rest Mm-hmm. You know so, and I will add that, like, oh, go ahead, Hunter. If you no, that's it. To say. Oh, that's but it. like, that's something that, like, like I always like was involved in clubs, like even in high school, and just went out of my way to like find things that like I that interested me because I was like, if I'm gonna be here, especially okay, let me start over. Coming to college, I had no friends. LOL. <laughs> that sounds crazy. <laughs> But, like, I didn't know anybody there, of course. Yeah. Like, and a lot of my friends here at home, like, went to school, like, with 
friends from here. So like they like already were kind of set as far as like a foundation of people that they knew. I was going in cold. So it's like I gotta find friends. Like I gotta find people that I really want to, you know, be around, blah, 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 blah. So it's like joining clubs, just going to events, even if I don't even care about what's going on. Like you could talk to people and then suddenly you got like three new best friends by the end of the night. Like even if it has nothing to do with like where I want to go. It's like the people that I've surrounded myself with, like we all have a goal, whether it's in different fields or like we all study in different things, like we all have something that we want to achieve. And that within itself just makes you a little bit more, I don't know. It, I feel like that sets you on a better way to get to whatever job or career you want in life because you have people around you that want you to win and you want them to win in turn. So it's just like you all kind of hyping each other up, pushing each other to get where y'all need to go at the same time. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That was was really good. Cheyenne, Cheyenne, so so our our resident resident teacher, teacher. did you always want to be a teacher? Or like how, let's let's get into that. Like, did you always want to be a teacher? What was your start to end? How did this process happen for you? Yeah, so... Um, when I was younger, I, um, still am, honestly, was very indecisive. Um, at school, when we would learn about a new profession, my mom told me that I would come home. Um, this, this is my toxic trait, I guess. Um, I used to come home and I used to go up our stairs into the wall that's right above our banister. I used to literally write, I want to be in big old letters. A lawyer and then I would come back the next week and like erase it and write a doctor and so like I was indecisive I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up just you know I liked going to school and I liked hanging out with my friends should have clued me in um but um in middle high school I was actually really really considering going to school for journalism um most like specifically within the fashion industry. Um, My sister used to work at Reader's Digest and she took me with her one day, um, like bring your kid to work day, but I'm not her kid. Anyways, um, took me with her and I kind of saw like a magazine office and I was like, oh my God, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. It was so cool. And um, then (laughs) the Devil Wears Prada came out and I thought, I want to be Andy. That's who I want to be. And then I was like, no, I want to be Andy and then I want to be Miranda. So I was like kind of set on going to school for journalism. Um, I actually wanted to go to FIT in New York. My mom went there. Um, So that was like one of the schools I was looking at. And then I had a really, 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 really amazing teacher in high school, my junior year. And she's the one person who's ever been able to convince me that I'm able to do math. Um, I used to think I wasn't able to, uh, it used to really stress me out <laughs> and she used to, she just used to look at me and she'd say, Cheyenne, I don't know what's wrong with you. You're, you're good at math. <laughs> Stop lying to yourself. And I was like, she's so cool. So I did a complete 180 and I said, I think I'm going to go to school for teaching. And then when I started doing courses in, in high school and college, that aligned with teaching and education and I got a job at a daycare and all that I realized that like 
the one thing I've always really loved and the one thing that's been the most consistent in my life is education, is learning and being someone who likes going to school and likes learning new things. It just made sense for me to be a teacher. Um, so I, I did that. And now, even though it is stressful, like, please, if you know a teacher, love on them, especially right now. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I fell in love with it. So this is my, my career for now going on year one, about to close out year one in a couple months. Um, which is crazy, but exciting. And I just, I'm excited for next year because I have all this knowledge, like from this first year. Like, I'm just like, I'm ready to go in next year and see these kids and do something new with them. I have all this stuff prepped from last year, so now I don't have to stress about it. And yeah, anyways, <laughs> so that is the indecisive to teacher pipeline. Um, but I will just say this. I'm sorry if this offends anybody. Not everybody can teach. Please don't come into teaching um, if you don't have a serious passion for it because uh, contrary to popular belief, it is very hard and not as rewarding as it should be. So that is my little tidbit. And it don't pay that much. So why are y'all doing it? No, no, it doesn't. You got to actually feel it in here. Like, you're working with kids. You're shaping their futures. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to go on a tangent real quick, but, like, I feel like all kids remember the really bad teachers. It sticks with you. Like, the stuff they might have said to you or even the people around you, it stays with you forever. Like, you'll always remember that teacher that treated you badly. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I have to say. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, that's just it. You remember the good teachers just as much as you remember the bad teachers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Um, just an interesting question going on with this topic, since we talked about what we wanted to be when we grew up. Was there a career path that was open for you or, like, an option for you that you were definitely, you were like, no. Like, like not even like, oh, maybe, like, you were like, stop, never. Get it, get this out of my face. I can't being a lawyer. <laughs> being a lawyer. I'm sorry, it's just that, funny. No, it's the shade. I uh-uh. it's three it. of us like sorry. maybe lawyer and lose like no. <laughs> More so because especially with like all the f- a lot of family personal issues that I've gone through that I can't discuss. And all of the mess that was, I could not be a lawyer. I saw so many different parts of like the legal field and all those intricate pieces from being a part of it. And I was like, nah, so lawyership was not for me. I was like, maybe, maybe a paralegal, but also my brain was like, hell no, I'm not doing that either because I'm going to have to go through the schooling for that. And the brain was like, no. Mm -hmm. that's so funny because you say that and i could literally never be a doctor ever yes not a nurse like i don't know let me take a moment to say if you are a doctor or a nurse or going through the medical track right now 
power fucking to you. No, seriously. <laughs> seriously, because I'm disgusted. Like, okay, let's not get into the fact that I have a problem with people. I can't just meet new people every day and be responsible for their care. Like, I can't just greet. Like, I'm not, I'm not good with people. Like, like I can fake it, but not when I'm, like, actually taking care of your health. Like, I really got to talk to you for, like, 30 minutes about, you know. But I'm not good with, like, your insides. I don't want to see your insides. I don't want to see blood coming out of your body. I don't want spit on me your fluids on me like you know what i mean like they do that they really do that nurses really put stuff in you and oh my ew no no and then also fun fact to everyone listening i work in a hospital but i work i work in the kitchen you know um these nurses they also are some bitches so I couldn't even imagine doing all that and being in a negative work environment. Ciao. Joya. Joya. I just want to say I for a period of time, I wanted to be a surgeon. To, be a surgeon. to the point where I used to like watch surgery. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I like that. I have no problem with that. It was like blood and all this. I have no problem with that. Um, but what really would mess me up? And my mom told me this because she was like, I know you. And she was like, um, she was pre-med until she decided that she couldn't do it anymore because like, she's an empath. She was like, you're not an empath. She was like, you can't. And she was like, she was like, you, she's like, it's, you shouldn't be an empath and be a doctor, but you should care. She was like, you don't care. And I was like, you're right. I don't. You're absolutely right. And she's like, you would literally be like, I don't like you and turn around and leave and refuse care to a patient. I was like, yeah, I would. And that's the issue. Nurses in my hospital are that way. Like my sister works with me but she handles the patient's food you know mm-hmm. and she'll ask she'll tell me all the time she'll ask the nurse like oh did pay did patient um did room 107 still need food for lunch and they'll be like no they passed away hello they don't care. like they have like like okay i understand okay. i understand at some point you're so used to Death, 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 I don't even think it's that, like, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate, but I feel like part of it is just because we are in such a weird time period where you kind of are cried out of just seeing the back to back to back to back to back to back to death. You could easily just be like, oh, unfortunately, they passed away. Not, no, they passed away. Don't worry about it. I will say. Too. I will worry. It's the don't worry about it. Oh, oh, I'm dead. Like, or or they'll say to her they're currently passing away. They've said that to her too. No, they're passing away right now. I will say that I don't know if y'all remember the whole like I don't know. I feel like there was a point in the internet where I was seeing a lot like was every mean girl in your high school now a nurse and i'm just like yeah every every girl or every person that was mean let me not gender because there were some mean boys and some mean dems (laughs) like 
<laughs> I should not have said it like that, but you know. Anyways, there were mean people. <laughs> and you said you mean said dems. Them. It, it kind of gave me British. Mean dems. Man dems. Sorry. Because I was chilling with the man dem. No, so, um, so, yes, there were mean people, and, like, I feel like every mean person, who, especially who was mean to me in high school, ended up going to some kind of medical field, not even just doctors and nurses, like, just caretakers of other people, um, taking care of animals, whatever, you know, like, I, I wonder what, I wonder if that is what is needed to be in a field like that. You know what I mean? Like, like the issue just, is it's so, so not so, so easy, easy, but it's relatively easy to become a nurse. So you have these people that peaked in high school and they need to find another way to gain control over somebody again. Boom. Nurse. I could boss people around. You know, like, it gives them some kind of, like, the amount of people that are rude to me on the daily. Like, I handle your food. Disclaimer. I don't do nothing. I'm just saying. It's it's real, it's real interesting to be rude to people that handle stuff that you ingest. I'm just saying. Hypothetically. All right. I think, um, let's get us back on track. I think um, there was never really a career that I was like, nah, like, you're not doing that. Like, that's just crazy. Like, I could never, just because I like doing stuff. And I know that sounds very simple, but I genuinely just like doing stuff. And it, like, as long as it made me happy, like, I could do it. Like, if I could live with myself and live within my means of doing that, then it would, I, that's, that's cake to me. Like, I don't care. Um, But... Yes, as a mean them, I just feel like I <laughs> I always used to say that I couldn't be a teacher just because I grew up around teachers. But I mean, I see that I could in a certain like it would have to be like not necessarily textbook, literal textbook teacher, like I'm in a classroom setting. Have to be a different kind, like I could, or I could even just like be a mentor of sort, like something like it doesn't have to be like teaching and like how we imagine teaching, but still, yeah. I just think in this day and age, people not making enough money for the way they have to labor. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. I agree with that. I would also have to say that teacher is the one thing that I have always said, yeah, no, I will not be doing that. And my acapella group went on tour. Um, last week and we went to schools and stuff and just like seeing how like all of all of the like the members of my group they're all music education majors except for me and one other girl who's a music business major um everybody's like oh my gosh like all the kids they're like all so sweet and I'm so happy that we're teaching them and I'm like someone please get me out of here I need to get out I need to escape and it's like I'm, like, happy that they're happy, but then in a sense, it's like, why are you happy? Joya, I feel like you're 
projecting my mind out of your mouth you know what i'm saying like you're literally no disrespect to cheyenne because she's doing a wonderful job teaching the children no but that's really me because it's like if i can't stand the kids my age if i can't stand them how am i supposed to teach them when i'm older you know what i'm saying like i've witnessed the most disrespectful things from fellow classmates and you know i was I was I wasn't a teacher's pet per se because I don't really like talking to my teachers that much, but I I did all my work I got good grades I was very respectful and quiet and you know I wasn't a mess. So, it was very hard for me to witness these teachers just be terrorized for no reason, and I couldn't do it because one of two things are gonna happen. I'm going to cry in front of a bunch of kids or I'm going to punch a kid. Um, <laughs> just don't know how to, to segue us. No! <laughs> I just generally the, um, segue us. But, um, um, it takes, I love, uh, let me just leave you with this before we, I guess, move on, but um, I think, like I said before, you you have to know that you can't be a teacher. You like it takes an incredible amount of awareness to realize that you can't do it. Because I will tell you that you don't want to realize that you can't do it while you're doing it. Okay, that's that's the one thing I will go with. Better to know now than to know while you're in that classroom with all them kids and do something that you will regret. (laughs) I think also, like, to that point, like, there's a lot of emphasis on, like, once you start something, like, you have to finish it, even if you're not 100% in it, which, honestly, I think that's dead. Like, that's, no, because you're not going to give your best product because you don't even want to be there. So it's like for me to sit here and like half nah that's I don't know what I'm about to say, but yeah. <laughs> like like I'm half here. So it's like if I'm half here, what do you expect me to give on the daily? Like that's no, nah, it's unrealistic for sure. And that's and building I'm, off that oh. point. Oh you go, you go, you go, you go. I was just gonna say okay, I was gonna just say building off that point. I think part of that is also passed down from our families and older generations because they were growing up in a period where like you pretty much got a job and worked through that job until retirement and then after retirement you would get to relax and stuff like that which is a whole nother conversation we got to have because depending on the structure of your job not everyone is set up for retirement and stuff like that but it's very interesting now how we're having like this great job like resignation where a lot of people, especially older people who are not in a good mindset or don't enjoy their job or don't think they're getting paid enough are all literally just, nope, I'm not going to go to work anymore. And they're quitting and resigning and leaving their jobs and trying to find something new. And I feel like it kind of speaks to that point of, We've gotten to this point now where society has kind of caught up and been like, no one's getting paid enough to live. 
no one's getting paid enough to endure anymore. Also, we're all human and we shouldn't have to just sit here and endure mess. So I'ma leave and go find something that I can actually do that I might enjoy more, or even take the time to work on myself and go from there rather than suffer through this job. That was actually similar to what I was gonna say. Like I was gonna say, I love that we're in a generation that focuses more on actually doing something that fulfills you instead of just focusing on the money aspect. Like we're kind of more like happiness first, money later. Where I feel like with you know our parents, our grandparents, are just people older. Like it was very much you had you need money before you can do anything before you can live. And, you know, we do need money. (laughs) But um, I love that we're in an age where we've created, like, such unique jobs that you never would have thought. Like, you can literally make a YouTube channel and just talk about whatever you want. And it could blow up and suddenly you're a millionaire. You know? And same with TikTok. Like, there are people now making a living off of TikTok. Literally short videos. Like, just doing whatever they want. Like... When you when see you stuff see like that, you really can't force anyone into a bubble. We're literally making it so that people can do whatever they want and still make a living off of it. So, you know, life is just too short, bro. Like, I feel like you don't really think about it when you're our age. And I don't want to be older and just regretting anything, you know? Yeah. I think, like you, like you both said, that is one of the things that I'm most excited to see as we all continue to grow, as the generation behind us kind of continues to grow and like learn, like, I guess to like appreciate their worth in everything, not just like, you know, in terms of how they see themselves, but literally in everything you do, like you know, you don't need to sit in a dead-end job just because it's what's going to pay your bills. Not if you have a, an interest, you know. every I feel like any interest can be turned into a way to make money and a living. Anything. And these rich people, these rich companies are seeing that too. Now they're now adjusting, they're adjusting their, business their business plans to cater to this generation because they see TikTok, they see all of these things. They're like, okay, well, let's hire a young person who can make videos for us, who can make posts for us, who can do this and that. And suddenly our business is booming and this person is getting paid because now we're in demand. Isn't that crazy? We were so underestimated. Now they, they want they want us. That's crazy. That's just, that's just that's, that's interesting. interesting. What were we going to say, Kels? Um, I was just going to say, like, it's interesting how, like, growing up, you would always hear how, like, our generation, whoa. Sorry, I got a notification. But, um... <clears throat> They always say, like, our generation is so lazy. They want to take the easy way out, blah, 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 blah. But it's, like, is it the easy way? Because, like, I think they're saying, they're mistaking it as being the easy way for just it being 
unconventional or like what they're used to. Like I'm not working at the factory plant. First of all, there's no more factory plants in the US to work at. Like, okay, girl, like, okay. Um, so it's just like times are changing. So the jobs are different. The demand is different. They don't need people working in an office job like they used to anymore. They have completely shown you that they can transform your office job into a virtual job. So it doesn't even have to be you in these big old tall skyscrapers, which that's a different conversation because then we're getting into what we built the skyscrapers for to begin with. So, yeah, but it's just like things are like times are different in where you can make a job. Like you said, you can make a YouTube video and then boom. That's your whole career right there. And you make your hours. You make your content that you want to make. You can have different little tiny businesses off of that. You can make a, a big company channel and then have smaller brand channels just like with it. Like you can do whatever you want. And I think that's definitely something that I really have enjoyed watching like grow as the years have passed. But at the same time, it's like you can see how there's still that mentality of like there has to be like stability, like like YouTube isn't forever, which okay. There's, Y'all keep yeah. saying that. But it but hasn't gone anywhere. Like, that's that. And I'm like, you see people like people are selling NFTs. What is yeah. NFT? Them little ugly little apes. First of all, and why know. is it an ape? Why is it an ape? But <laughs> they're selling literal images. And it's like, like it stocks. I don't even know what it is, which is the point that I'm trying to make. People make anything, something. So, Bitcoin. Hello? What is that? Just what made is up a currency. We it's just made up a currency. And then suddenly, currency. people are suddenly billionaires. billionaires. Yeah. Suddenly it's taxable. It don't make, it don't make sense. And yeah. I think it's just really, we're in the age of the internet. And I think it's just like... Nothing is functioning without the internet. You you need it. You need it. That's really it. Social media and everything. And back to like older generations still thinking about practicality. Honestly, I'm not gonna hold y'all. I think a lot of it comes from jealousy. The fact that they had to spend their prime years unhappy working with already like three kids before they're thirty. Child, nobody told you to do that. <laughs> like, they're mad at us because we're not following in their footsteps and we're not unhappy. I mean, we're unhappy, but like for other reasons. <laughs> yeah. But it's, but sick. it's sick. Like, like, like I think about, about like, like prime example because my, my, my sister, sister is the definition of girl boss, boss because. She, once the pandemic started, she found a class and she learned how to code. She just learned how to code. Just randomly found a class, learned how to code for free. And from that class, she was able to become a TA for a coding, you know, program. And because they saw her skills. And now she's this close to getting a job at Google. That's tough. Hold on. Let me talk to your sister. She found out she found out April first, so her April Fool's Day. Psych name. <laughs> Imagine if they do that. You're, You're sick. sick. 
Please don't let them play her. Please don't let them play her. Because it's, it's no. pointing towards very high probability. But yes, Joya. Unless it's gonna be employed by Google. I just wanted to say, uh, coding is so big right now. My big. little sister is super into coding, also. So I'm like, uh, she gonna make bank. I can tell you that. exactly. I'm like women in STEM, women in because, STEM, black women in STEM. Let's go. Always gonna be a demand for that. Like you can literally find a job in, especially like more so now. And then, and then even in the future, it's, they're going to want more and more and more. It's like, there's like there's an endless, endless amount of possibilities when you know how to do that. And, I'm, and I'd be amazed. Like, I'd be like, my sister really just learned how to do that. Like, mm-hmm. it's only been two years since the pandemic started. <laughs> and she about to have a six figure. Six figure. No. What is it? I don't know what six figure means. I'm going to shut up. I can't. I cannot breathe. Oh, yeah. But, like, with this conversation, it also makes me think about how there's different styles of jobs in regards to you can be a more of a flexible schedule individual, Mm -hmm. or you could be that typical nine to five, or you could be an entrepreneur. And I think, like, something that many people don't are starting to come around to, especially older generations, is that you don't have to work the stereotypical nine to five in order to make a living. But also I want more people, especially other generations to understand that just because someone is not working a typical nine to five, doesn't mean that they're not working all the time. Like you may see them in the house, like on their laptop or something, but they can still be working. For example, I'm a freelancer with theater and performance art and I call, I wouldn't call myself a jack of all trades, but I'm working at it. And so for me, I might be scheduled and working for like a whole month and then I'm off for a month. Or I might work for three days and then I'm off for a week and then I'm going in for a whole week. It's, I get to schedule more of that, but also that puts more onus on me to be on top of my shit because I still mm-hmm. have to pay bills like everybody else. I still have to uh, do my taxes like everybody else, which is a whole nother conversation have to make sure my health is in check and stuff like that. So I had to learn on the fly more skills that people don't really think about that already they're already getting trained in because they go to a typical nine to five. And so no matter what pathway you choose to go for your job, make sure that you know that you are really on top of every single skill that you need. Like creators that you see working on YouTube, for example, a lot of them are doing everything on their own unless they have the capital to be paying for it. So, for example, myself, Sherry, Hunter, you'll see us making videos sometimes. Joya making TikTok videos. Like, you'll see us on different apps, but also know that we are busting our asses to do a lot of things. There's a lot of takes you don't see. There's a lot of editing that goes on to that. There's a lot of sleepless nights sometimes because we're trying to think of content to put up. So it's not as simple as like a lot of older generations like to make it. And that's something that I think more people need to talk about because just because you have more time in your hands doesn't necessarily mean you actually have more time on your hands. And to that point, like I'm right, like right now, like what I was saying earlier about just like how I like to do stuff. Like in school, like I've really been taking advantage of the fact that like, let's say which the end goal is to essentially get into like arts, like 
theater, film, whatever. But I want to learn everyone's job so that I can always be employed. I want to learn what the director doing. I want to learn what the producer doing. Mm. I want to learn what the actors. I want to learn. I want to learn everybody's job. And that's not to be like conceited, like oh, like I'm fine, like like I'm tough, like not. It's not even all it's that. Smart. It's just. It's just I'm so interested in it that like regardless of where you put me, like I'm able to do what I need to do. Also, so, it's a survival tactic. Yeah. Yep. Let's because, be real. Kind of have a because especially in theater, you can't survive off of one skill unless you're you. You would have to have crazy connections. You have to put in the crazy hours. reputation and a crazy yeah. amount of skill. And the same thing can go for other fields too and create that are creative. Music. Even and this is the thing that also I don't think people think about, even with the backstage stuff that you have to be in. And I've been in that field. Sherry is stepping into that field, which makes me so proud. And like I always be talking about this with everyone in this whole call. Backstage, you don't know the trouble that we go through for less of the recognition mm-hmm. like a drop of the recognition yep. because we'd be busting our asses 25-8 in order to make all of the magic that's happening on stage happen but you're not going to see all that and it's one of those you are things really that, not going to see all that it's one of those things that they expect to always be on top you know what I mean like they expect that to always be top tier shape they could care less if you died because you was building a, a damn platform and you right. put a nail gun in your foot. Like they could care less. Because at, at the end of the day, day if the that. yeah, because if the actors are on stage and something goes a amiss, it's like, well, wh- why you messed up? Yeah, they come for your neck. They might not do it during the show yeah. unless the, it's something really big and they have to stop the show. Yeah, but. There's a lot that goes into the production aspects of things that they don't think about. And I'll do, like, when we have time, we're going to, maybe we'll do one that's, like, more in-depth. But it's, like, there's so many pieces. And your degree can apply to so many different areas. Even outside of your, like, typical space. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why a lot of people are also, like, if you do choose to go to college, Study something that you love because once again, your degree doesn't always translate over where you think it's going to translate mm-hmm. over. Yep. 100%. And it's like Joy was saying, having a backup plan, just having multiple skills, it will come in handy. You never know what you might need. Like, for example, um, not so much right now, but last year, I'm doing nine to five, I'm making videos, and getting trying to get that revenue up and a lot of with making videos on youtube and tiktok it's not even as much as making sure your video hits but it's trying to get the exposure so that eventually you can have that stability and especially then, with youtube which is like like just like we were saying like there's so many things not even nowadays that you don't think about that being a market for you like for example i'm into k-pop and part of k-pop is buying albums and in these albums they have all these benefits and you can sell these you can sell these for however much you want and guess what somebody gonna buy them i don't upsell some people do but there's people who are literally making a living selling their k-pop crap 
And you would have never thought that that was a thing that would exist. Mm. Like, it's literally, like, such a big thing. And Can I tell so- you another one that's scary? So I learned this because of the pandemic. And y'all been a gag when I tell you this. Because, so you know how they have, like, little, like, pins, right? There's a whole pin collection sec. Like, it's huge. I've heard of that. And it's... And it's for different fandoms, and like it goes all over from anime to drag race to K pop. I've seen pins. Mind you, this is a piece of metal, a piece of metal that we are giving literally the power to be traded higher or lower because of the desire. So I've seen artists who literally don't even make pins, they just design the pins, and they're making upwards of 4k per design you see i've seen people selling these pins Uh, i i could sell this i'm not even joking i could sell this for 300 dollars right now and it will sell 300 dollars for this it's just plastic paper and and plastic bruh like that that's you know what Power to power to everybody who do that. A hustle yeah. is a hustle. And that's one thing I noticed too, especially in the pandemic. And I know like it messed everything up with USPS, like power to them. But when I tell you Hunter would be over here, stay stayed at the UPS store. Stayed at the post office. I just about, have a casual box in- of of cards and envelopes just in case someone buys something from me. Yeah, and it's like, it's not even just like K-pop or like photo cards or things like that. It's even down to like you being like a Depop seller. Like you're selling your old clothes. Yeah. You're selling, you you Poshmark, Mercari, You go to Hobby Lobby, you buy $5 bowls of yarn. You crochet hats charging people $40. Like it's just about- And these apps are also making money too because- what they do is, at least on Mercari, I don't, I don't really use your yep. but like they, sale price. they set, they set a shipping price, then they set taxes, and then even if you set a price for um how much you want to sell for, you're not getting that price. Like at least on Mercari, I sell my photo cards for like seven dollars. I'm only getting like five. That's everywhere. I'm not gonna lie to you. That is everywhere. But that's what I'm and saying is like with this rise yeah. of everything, they are making money off of it too. And then eventually they're like, well, we're changing our prices. Because now I remember PayPal, because of stuff like that, PayPal makes you have to report that on your taxes. Mercari makes sure that you Only if you reach a certain, you a certain amount. Yeah, it's a certain amount. But the fact that the amount, if you, like, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't use that amount. I'm not going to make that amount. It's not because of you. It's because of people who are literally making livings off of this. That it's another source of income. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I've made hundreds off of this. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> I remember crazy. it was like the thing that a penny, you was, you was. You was eating. I was starving. You had all the bread. For Granted, I was using a lot of this for fan signs. So technically, I wasn't making a profit. 
But if I spent money, I got money back. <laughs> so you were pretty much trying to break even. And then I had a job, so it was like double multiple sources of income. Then you had that stimmy. I didn't get the stimmy. You didn't get the stimmy. I got the unemployment checks. I didn't. Get, I never got a stimmy. Joe, you can report that on your taxes and get that credit back. I have. Let's see if I that's a conversation for another day. (laughs) Yeah. But Um, yeah, yeah. y'all. A hustle is a hustle is a hustle. And it doesn't have to be tangible either. It does not have to be a tangible transaction. It's people when I be on Twitter and Lou always tags me in this, but the fucking readings, the uh cleanses. For like the new move, I'm talking about Merc- everything being Mercury retrograde. Reverse, Mediums flow. and psychics are making bank, bank, bank. Yeah, yes, Listen, the astro- dollars. All you got to do is promote on, on is social media. It's getting, it's get. We're becoming, and that's the thing. Like you have to just have your finger on the pulse of what people need. And I'm not saying like everyone out there. Of course, you're gonna have those people who are gonna try to scam you. But we are moving more and more towards being, how do I even explain it? Like a generation that's really trying to push self-promotion and self-worth. Um, self-worth, yes, but also the betterment, improvement of self mm-hmm. as well. And so, like, you're seeing things like astrology, but also, like, more natural remedies and homo um, homo homeopathy remedies are becoming big. Like, crystals? Crystals. Mind you, these are tangible, yes, but crystals that were, I remember even beforehand when I'd buy them, like, every once in a while, they're like three, four, maybe five dollars, depending on how big the crystal were. Hundred! Hundred fifty! Three hundred! You know what They buy is? an entire meteors and put TikTok it in the window. TikTok has, has single-handedly helped and hurt everybody. Mm-hmm. Because Everyone. you have one TikTok blow up and your small business is now a big, big thing. And you're making thousands and thousands of dollars a month because of that. And then on top of that, you're making money off of the videos that go viral. Literally, like candles, prime example. Anybody is making candles. Anybody and everybody is making candles. And they're all making money off of it. Nobody is, like, really struggling. Because all you have to do is show a video of you making the candle. Literally just make it. And people are like, oh, my God, aesthetic. (laughs) And then same goes for soap. How much soap do y'all need? I mean, some of y'all need soap. Do y'all know how many people, not even, like, just on TikTok, but, like, around me, have launched a clothing line? And the clothing that's... line is always some sort of version of a sweatsuit. Love y'all, but all these sweatsuits, okay. But <laughs> when I tell you every they, I, every, if I see one more graphic screen printed brown Hanes hoodie on my timeline, y'all. But also, and and, and you know what? People are people people back to the K-pop thing. People have taken because K-pop has blown up since the pandemic. And mm-hmm. people have taken the love of K-pop and also used that for their business. I follow someone on TikTok who does nails. She makes K-pop the nails, boom, viral. People are booking her. There are people that make clothing centered around K-pop. Oh my God, I want this shirt. I want this hat. I want 
black, black these, these black women making bonnets. And that's why themed bonnets. Oh, Joya, there's some BTS bonnets. So Hunter, you got to stop it. I'm about to give me a bonnet with RM's face on it. Stop it. But yeah, that and Hunter, you're gonna send that link in the chat later. Well, I I don't know where I have to find it, but yeah, like 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 even just like even like you just take a, a niche interest and then you push your skills under that on TikTok because TikTok is formulated around people's interests. So all the people that like K-pop, they're gonna see that you're making shirts of an artist that you like. All the people that like Marvel, they're gonna see that you're making shirts of characters they like you know what i mean like yeah it's crazy like this soul app is fueling people's careers music too people's songs are blowing up and then they're nominated for grammys that's a whole nother conversation though but that's a whole nother conversation also because i think it also brings up the point of certain things like cheyenne would say is not for everybody you can be an artist and not be like a singer and that's a whole nother conversation but i feel like it's important to say if you know your niche market and you know where your skills work go for that because as long as you got a passion and a desire and you put in the work what is for you is for you and you will get big but you gotta make sure you know what you're going for some people really just doing it to make money and it's worked Mm-hmm. That's a, Y'all, let me mm, start making some cancels, bro. No, for real. I just want to say, I, I found the bonnets, so I will be sending that to y'all right now. <laughs> I will say that um, also, like, just, like, as a tip, um, because, like, y'all have been talking, I've been listening and ingesting, um, and this is just something that, personally, I've been really interested in lately, just because there are obviously as this relates to me there are a lot of teachers right now that are shifting away from teaching because of a lot of things that happened within the last two years with education and um it is really important if you do things like this like you have a business venture whatever like take note of your transferable skills Make sure you know what you can bring to the table, whether it's you starting your own company or going to work for another company or whatever. If you move or change what you're doing or start a business or whatever, put on paper what your skills are because even if it doesn't feel like a skill, it is one. To me... And it's not too late. Never. Never too late. It's never too late. To me, being able to have a class full of 24 kids get in line in a minute, how is that a transferable skill? It's a management skill. I I can show that I can manage more than 10 people, whatever the age, because I can run a classroom by myself and with help. Let's go even simpler than that, too. How does having a social media account, one or two accounts, how is that a transferable skill? You can do social media management if you know how to, if you can, easy marketing job. 
multiple friends of mine have turned that have turned that into careers for themselves in PR and marketing. Yeah, y'all, all these fangirls in 2012 to 2015 being made fun of, they're making money as marketing they're working managers in pr yeah who's laughing now like you know like and honestly it says don't doubt like shy said don't doubt anything that you're doing it is more than likely that it can be a skill for you driving is a skill teach time management i was thinking about that the other day even something i said oh go ahead no you 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 Oh, but I was saying, like, with driving, like, you got people who drive tour buses, buku coins, and they just driving a bus across the country. Like, you fill yep. up the gas, you driving a bus. I'll do you even better. Do you know how much minute, how much money towing trucks make? Mm-hmm. Oh, when make I say bank, you can have an interest in cars. And start working on cars. Yeah. Become a mechanic. Don't even have to become a mechanic. Maybe you watch movies every day. Boom. Movie critic. You write reviews online. Blogs make a lot of money too. Medium. Blogs. People will pay you. Companies. Yep. People. Companies pay you to write an article on their website. Yeah. There's ways. You can also do product reviews. Yeah, there yes. was a period of my life, like, in high school, LOL, I said that like that was so long ago, but there was a period where I was, because I've always danced, like, I just wanted to, like, figure out a way to incorporate dance in the real world, and, like, my teacher made it abundantly clear. She was like, you do not have to be on a stage to stay a dancer. You could be a dance critic, you could do arts advocacy, you could, like, there's so many things that, like, you don't think about, like, surface level. That those skills that you learn, and like Shy was saying, like you don't have to be dance related, but you right. learn that in that environment, and that somehow transferred you to this skill. Right, that because you you're honing job. your your crafts in theater, not so much as musical theater, and choreography is more than just dancing. Like it's how you, everyone is moving on the stage. Boom, that's another thing. You're setting up where everyone is going to be at a certain point in time. Design. You have a design eye right there. Yeah. You're messing with formations. You're messing with uh, entrances and exits. Yeah. And I think this is a a lesson for the viewers. We're talking about this, but think about this, especially if you're in college or even if you're in high school. Let's say you've never had a job. Over every And maybe, maybe... You are focused on getting a career, but you just want a job to make money right now. And wherever you're trying to go, even if it's a nine to five, there are so many ways to finesse that resume so that they can see that you're qualified to work there and then you can get your coin. Like I remember um, in New York, there's a program called Summer Youth where, you know, you can just get a job for the summer or whatever, but you do have to interview and the person that is hiring you has to want you to work there. So I was like, I'm going to work at a daycare. Because I was like, it's just going to be me and a few little kids. I watch my nephew all throughout high school. I watch my niece. That's what I use. That's what I use to fuel. I had other work experience, but I was like, okay, but I have experience watching my niece and nephew almost every day. Or 
when I was in middle school, I would go to my great grandmother's house and I would also kind of take care of her too. Like it's like, there you go. Applying skills without having experience necessarily and yeah. being like, well, this is traditional experience. Yeah. Cause a lot of people worry. They're like, how am I supposed to gain experience to get a big job that I really want if I've never had a job anywhere? Yeah. You gotta finesse. You live also, life. Interviews are That's important. I don't, think, I don't think people realize how important interviews are. That's one skill that I would say that I have. I'm really good at interviews. I know how to talk my way around a, an adult. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I will convince you why I need to be here right now. They're, like, just, I think, work ahead, on so it. Sorry. No, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah. That is another tip. The interview matters. Like, even if you don't necessarily want the job, the interview matters. First impressions truly are mm-hmm. everything. They will remember you. They're going to remember you, whether it be good or bad. Like, yeah, you could have all the skills listed on the resume, but if your interview is not great, they're not going to hire you. Mm-hmm. Not unless they're desperate. And even then, or even, not even then, probably. I've been seeing that on TikTok a lot lately. People saying that. They've been interviewing for a job and someone has accidentally sent them that they didn't like, like the interviewers were conversing with each other, but they sent it to them saying that they weren't a right fit. Yeah, I've been seeing TikToks. Oh my God. So like, you could really have all the skills in the world, but you also have to be able to kind of finesse. No, yeah. It's all about how you say things. It's all about how you say things. All about and also, yep. And also, a lot of interviewers. This is a really good tip, and I promise you it works. Even if you don't know or can't think of experience right off the top of your head, if they see that you're willing to learn, they are also more likely to work with you. Have a po- go positive outlook about the yeah. Have a positive mm-hmm. outlook about the experience. Make them think that you feel like you're going to gain something by being there. And then even, even if this is just a typical nine to five job, just, you know, finesse it a little bit and they'll be like, okay, well, yeah, we feel like you'll be a hardworking person and actually do put in work. Like, don't yeah. slack off once you get into it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. You know what's crazy? When. And this is like, I mean, I guess technically it's like an interview, but it's, yeah, I don't know what that's said. But anyways, I, so the studio that I used to dance at, I tried out for their competition team, like their comp- the competitive team, uh, like six times at very different points in my life. And I would come back every time, mind you, it's like different judges for sure, but like there's always like the same like teacher because it's the staff as well in the room. Every single time I would come and not make it, it was like, oh, you're back again. Like, it's also about you being hungry. It's about you being persistent. It's And, like, not, like, annoying, like, you're a stalker. Like, that's crazy. But, like, you want to be there. And you're showing that you care enough to come every year and possibly be turned down every single time. And I know some of them dancing auditions that I did, it was crazy. Like, I looked crazy. But it was just like the fact that I'm even showing up and like, I know, I know I don't look good, but I'm still going to do what I do. I'm going right. to point my little toe. Yeah. I'm going to down to eight. Like, please don't play with me. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm going to go about my day. 
hair in the bun in the back of my neck, it hurts. But I'm gonna go by my day because guess what? I want to be here, and I know people. Also, like I don't want this to seem like we're saying like you have to like. As far as like the the part we're talking about, like crystals and like the kind of like self help kind of career like area jobs like you have to like exploit like your needs to make this coin like no one's saying that we're saying if you have skills in that area if you have a gift in that area if you know like how to finesse something to make some shape do it because what are you what are you going to lose what are you what are you absolutely nothing and if anything that's another skill because you tried something it didn't work out and that's what I was and, going to add and on to. Yeah, you need to have that experience because every interview I've ever been to, they'd be like, name a time you weren't successful and how did Boom. that help you? <laughs> I mean, right yes. Now, I tried to sign a that, Fortune 500 and it was that, a Fortune but also, and a half. Yeah, that's not the one that I had. But also, I think that's important. Don't be afraid to try things and fail. And I feel like we especially as like black queer people, we are put on this weird ass pedestal where we don't have that luxury of failing. I right now I'm here to tell you, not not even in a mean way, like as a friend, you have got to get used to failing and trying new things because that's how you're going to hustle even harder to get to where you wanna be. Because once you fall, the only way is up. You got to get up. That's the only way. You can't go if lower than that. So or you can do Donna McCarthy. We fall down. But we get up. Yeah. Okay, okay, no, church. Okay. Katy Perry said she felt like a plastic bag, but then she became a firework. I'm there. I know. And that's, that's, just the, that's just that's just one reference for the out there. Oh, yeah. We okay, y'all. We see y'all. Oh, um, the out there. I, I like that you mentioned that, Lou, because um, I did. <laughs> I did want to just say, like, as far as asking for help and knowing not being afraid <laughs> to fail like as someone who started off this year literally crying two times the first week of school it was very hard for me to ask for help I teach in a school where even though the population of students looks like me pretty much the staff does not and neither does mm-hmm. the administration um, so it was really hard for me to go to my higher ups and tell them that I didn't feel like I was doing a good job. Like, um, I think especially as black people and doubly as black queer people, it's really, really hard to admit when you are struggling. And I am here to say, yeah, no, seriously. Like, and I'm here to say like, you have to do that. You have to because no one else is going to no one is going to know how to help you unless you say, hey, I need help. Like, 
no one was taking me seriously when I said, like, I can't handle this class right now. I don't have the tools. And then I just went to my principal and I said, listen, I can't handle this class right now. I don't have the tools. Communication. And I mm-hmm. need you to give me the tools or else I have to go somewhere where they'll give it, where they'll supply me with what I need. And like that, I think gave her more confidence in me, which fed into my own self-confidence. When you're higher up, when the people you work yep. with believe in you, it makes you believe in yourself and it makes you see the not focus so hard on the good or the, on the things that are probably not working. So it's worth it to ask for help, even though it might not always be comfortable. Sometimes you have to be uncomfortable. That's an important lesson, especially because as Black people, once we reach that level of Com- like not confidence um going for what we want right in an, in any field where we're working with people that don't look like us and then you're overachieving not overachieving i feel like that sounds negative but i mean like we feel like we have to compensate for our white overcompensation yeah. yeah because we're not seen as we're not seen at the same level as them and then once you do show that it honestly feels like at some point you start getting taken advantage of so that's another lesson is not only communicating so that you can build the confidence to do better and better yourself but also communicating so that you're not being completely steamrolled and Mm -hmm. letting other people get the same pay and Set your more recognition for yeah. less work and you're getting less recognition for more work that's something i'm going through at work right now so i just want to say think, yeah and i, I think a good way to summarize that is remember that your job and the people that you're working with is still a relationship it is not your whole life you are more than welcome to walk away if you need to set boundaries discuss with whoever you need to what's going on to review those boundaries when necessary and also advocate for yourself. I know it's really hard to say, especially as a black queer person, but you have to do that. And especially with like this kind of career mentality, I don't know what the proper way it is to really explain it, but like the mentality that sometimes goes around online, like you have to be fully, like if you're not doing everything 25, 8, 366 days about your career, you're not invested. That is not healthy. Please find a work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Your career doesn't need to be your whole life also. Like, yeah. And take care of yourself. Yeah. And to that point, like, that's something that I was, like, thinking about earlier when I was talking about, like, how the our parents and, like, parents' parents. They always had this idea of treating, like, their work life, like, the way they treat God. And, like, it's, like, I have to give my life. I pray to Jesus and to J.P. Morgan Chase. Like, why? Like, why are you giving so much of yourself to people who, if you died today, they would hire somebody right in that spot tomorrow? And not send you, and it's not even send your family a little condolence bouquet. Like, And that's another thing. A lot of jobs will be a phase for you. 
And all these people will be a distant memory. You might not even remember their names. So stressing about your coworkers or your boss, it's just, I just want to say, like, obviously it's easier said than done. Obviously in the moment you feel like it's the end of the world and it's crippling you. But it really becomes so unimportant even just a year later. Like, let's say you left your job today. Next year, you won't be regretting how it made you feel and how, you know, how stressed you were. That's not something that you'll miss. So let it go. Especially if you're young. Like, please. Please. Starbucks is not all that. No. My friends. Uh, I just want to say this is just for my teachers, not just for my teachers, literally anybody. Leave at your contract hours. It's okay. It's, Don't it's, put in those extra hours. It's, Please. It's more oh, so for people my God. who have don't have like a clear like clock in, clock out time. If you are not feeling it, leave at contract hours. Y'all, y'all don't know how many times I don't bring my, my bag down to dismissal because I know the minute that my last child is gone, I'm leaving. And I, because ha- I have to for my mental health. I was the first two months of school, I was at that school six, like, like for so long, like just like till six, seven, eight in the evening for no reason to still be stressed out the next day. Work life balance, make sure you take care of yourself. And even if you don't have a contract in time, don't be doing the most with overtime. Please, I beg of you. The money is not worth your mental health and your stress. And listen, if they fire you, guess what? You get unemployment. (laughs) Oh, well. Well, so unless anybody else has anything to add real quick. I would also like to just, oh, why sorry. do you look like that? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. You look crazy. You look crazy right now. Please back up from the camera. Please. I'm begging you. Please. You was in the camera like this. You just look pitiful. I was, trying, I was trying to get a good steam angle, but then I realized I was staring directly into the screen. I was like, it looked like you were about to throw up. I was like, oh lord. You know how the kids, like, the kids, they pee on, <laughs> this laugh is crazy. You know how the kids, they like, they pee on themselves and they in they, they parents' bedroom and they look at like, I'm sorry. Random tangent. That's another reason not to be a parent. You got me <laughs> up if you waking me up at 3 a.m. because you peed. You're going to sleep in it. But yeah, today we're talking, we talked about being black and figuring out what you're going to do with your life and how being black contributes to that and basically our life progression from when we were little kiddos to now and we hope you guys um took all of our advice in we hope that it was helpful um this is a topic that we will be venturing in 
in kind of different, you know, pathways um, later on. So we hope you look forward to that and definitely hit us up on all our socials if you have any questions, comments, concerns. And this was the Friendly Neighborhood Negroes. Yes. See y'all next time. Ah! Remember. Bish! Remember. <laughs> um, I literally, I can't remember to tell you what to remember. Anyways, bye. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Friendly neighborhood Negroes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah.